Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Taylor Curry SK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington, on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter, and you can hear me on the air on the weekends at CFRY Mix 96 and Country 93 in Portage La Prairie. Plug done. Nice. Carter getting those radio plugs. I like it. Let's go. And then you can follow us on social media at True North CF Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also follow our Facebook page at True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can listen to this show on Spotify. SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and YouTube. So let's jump into the news for this week. And we're going to do the most pressing matter first here. Uh, as of the day of recording, August 25th, there have been 11 Edmonton Elks players that have caught COVID. And due to that, their game against Toronto has been postponed, date unknown. So let's discuss. Uh, well, the league said that if you get COVID and you cause the game to be done, you you forfeit. So I think it should be shut and dry, but the league is dragging this out. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Edmonton didn't go, do a good job at uh, protecting their team <clears throat> and uh, biting them in the butt now. So it's really going to be interesting to see if they do a makeup game, even though they've already said you should just forfeit or if they make Edmonton forfeit. I mean, it's super cut and dry to me, and I don't understand why the CFL's waiting on it, because if a team just didn't show up to a locker room one day on game day, it would be a forfeit. They wouldn't try to reschedule it, not in a league like the CFL. So why is it any different just because it's COVID? Like, you knew the rules, and you still went around them, and it's, yeah, and now we're in this situation. Yeah, Like, like... Depending on what the CFL does here, I'm ready to call them uh, all bark and no bite, because they also said, you know, if you were misleading with depth charts and injury reports, you'd lose draft picks and get fined and stuff, and that never happened to BC. And Mm -hmm. now we're having this situation where they said, okay, well, you're not going to get paid and you're going to forfeit the game. And now it's looking like they're just going to do something weird here. I thought they were just going to reschedule to Sunday or Wednesday and try to play within the week, but it's looking like this is going to get played later down the road, which, I don't know, it's just dumb to me. I think they should just have to forfeit this game because, well, can they field 36 players uh, within this week? If the answer is yes, then throw whatever players they have out there on maybe Sunday or Wednesday or something like that. And if they don't, okay, you forfeit, you know, that's done. They shouldn't be having to bend over backwards uh, to reschedule. That isn't fair to the Argos, who have clearly been following the rules and done everything right. You You shouldn't be screwing them over. And it's not like Edmonton hasn't had a problem until this moment. They've had... I think three players um, having, you know, not to play due to COVID in past weeks, one of them being Sir Vincent Rogers. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, this has been a repeat issue for Edmonton, and now it's starting to affect the schedule, and yeah, why are they just not forfeiting this game is what I want to know. And then Yeah, that's, yeah. Let's jump into the next news. Dane Evans is starting for Hamilton this week, so what do we think? How How is that going to affect the outcome of this game? Well, I like I was team Mazzoli <clears throat> at the start of the season, and uh, he just hasn't proved it yet. I mean, Hamilton's only put fourteen points on the boards in their in their games they've played this year. Uh, just their their offense isn't clicking. That O line is not good, and I mean, I I hope Dane Evans does well, but uh, with that O line the way they're playing right now, it doesn't seem like a quarterback could play successfully behind them right now. So I think it. It could be scary for them in Montreal this week. Yeah, I think um, I I was on the contrast. I was team Dane Evans going into this season and looking at their woes. Yes, I think Dane Evans deserves a start, but I don't think that Dane Evans is going to do too great in the situation because I don't think Masoli was the problem. I don't think Masoli was why they were losing games. Yeah, I don't think he was the problem, but he didn't help either, in my opinion. Like, he wasn't great. Uh, but I guess the quarterback uh, changes often motivate a team to play better. So we'll see if that's the case for Hamilton or if it's going to be same old, same old, you know, what are they going to do? Because usually it's like, okay, let's fire the team up by putting in the new quarterback. And then if they also don't play well, well, do some head start rolling and do some coaches start getting fired. Mm. And then spe- oh, that's, yeah. speaking of Hamilton, Jaguar Davis can't play due to accidental breaking of COVID protocols. So he's out. Uh, obviously, that's a huge loss for Hamilton. And Montreal is much happier because they're not going to get a lot of pressure from that uh, defensive line if Jaguar Davis is out. So, huge dub for Montreal. Yeah, and uh, like the coach just said, he violated a league protocol and it wasn't an intentional thing. And it's the result of it. So, yeah, they don't really say what he does, so I'm curious to know what he did. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a big blow for Hamilton and their defense going into this week. I mean, accidentally, you got to be more careful. This is your job. <laughs> You're a professional. Yeah. If I accidentally plagiarize something, I'm still going to get in crap for it oh, as a writer. 100%. So I don't feel bad. Fair enough. Neither do I. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you get you get paid to play a game that, you know, everybody would love to. So take it seriously or get out, you know? And then let's get into the games from last week. The Edmonton Elks get their first dub of the season by defeating Edmonton 20 or defeating BC, sorry, 21 to 16. Uh my first question, is Edmonton back to form? Keep in mind uh, ignore the go ahead. COVID stuff. Ignore <laughs> the COVID stuff, focus on that game. Did they look like yeah. their old selves, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, you look at James Wilder, 127 yards on the ground. Greg Ellingson at 150. Trevor Harris had a 
84% completion rate and threw a touchdown. And yeah, they're just, their offense was clicking. They were throwing the ball around. Their defense played really well. Like, uh, what was it? Jake Cersna, he had those two sacks. Uh, yeah, they just, they looked really well. And I think that's what they hopefully will be this year. Um, I wouldn't call it a return to form just because I want to see them do it. Just literally just one more. There's a, like, some teams, it's a thing where it's like you have to see them perform kind of like with Ottawa. I want to see them win a couple before I really think that they're in an upper echelon. Yeah. But like with Edmonton, I think if they just have one more performance like that, who do they play the week after? The, what's their next? Their next game is going to be against Calgary. So Ooh. that I think could be a pretty good litmus test to where we see both of those teams. Yeah. For me, no doubt. Uh, let me think. I kind of agree there with that is going to be the litmus test. I think their big key to success was they got uh, Ellingson going, and this is kind of spoiling our last question, but I think that was their big reason for being successful is starting to get those connections back from the 2019 season that were not there the first two games they played. So... To me, they definitely looked closer to form, but I do want to see them in the Battle of Alberta. And then, what went wrong for BC this game? Well, that uh, that old line's looking pretty holy, and the fact that they could not get the run game started at all, like uh, Shaq Cooper only had 35 yards on six carries, and his longest rush was a 20-yarder, so they, like, you know, he had one big play, but that was it, and... Uh, Again, not being able to protect Mike Riley, he only ended up with a 62% completion rate. That's just not, that's not going to win you a game typically. And uh, yeah, they just, they have to do better on offense. Their defense doesn't look the worst, but their offense definitely needs some work for sure. It's so weird because it was like, I thought that they had fixed it from 2019, sort of like going into this year. It wasn't terrible. Like, it got pretty good at the end of 2019. and the beginning this year, I'd say it was, like, average for the first two weeks. I don't know what happened. Like, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, no, yeah, I just, yeah. it's weird. Like, I feel like they're regressing back to what they were at the, like, through majority of 2019. For me, I think probably getting the run going was the biggest problem. They weren't calling a lot of runs. And to be fair, this was Shaq Cooper's first game back, so... He's got rust to shake off, and as the game went on, he definitely got a bit more explosive. Like you mentioned, that 20-yard run that was coming later on in the game. And for me, that was probably BC's biggest issue was they couldn't run a balanced attack, so the O-line kind of suffered as a result because the D-line could just in back and go at them, especially with Edmonton, who their D line is kind of low key underrated, one of the better ones in the league. So, yeah, yeah, uh, that's probably the biggest problem there. And then, kind of already gave my answer for this, but what improved uh, for Edmonton uh, that week as compared to the week before? Uh, well, for me, I'm gonna say it was protecting Trevor Harris and letting him be comfortable in the pocket like he he had an 84 percent completion rate through about 300 yards like it just when they give him time he can get the ball anywhere and it showed yep 
I mean, Trevor Harris is going to be the team or the guy that wills the team into the playoffs. You could surround him by as many people as you want, but at the end of the day, his ability to be in the pocket and to just accurately be and like consistently be one of the best quarterbacks in the league is what's going to will the Edmonton Elks into the playoffs this year. So I think if they just keep doing what they're doing now, they shouldn't have a problem, but I'm just scared that they won't be able to keep this up. Yeah, I like their defense. Their offense was not clicking the first two weeks, and it looked like you know they're starting to find that chemistry that they had lost uh, in 2019. Like I mentioned earlier, they got Greg Ellison going. Wilder has obviously been a great addition, and he's been great regardless. So, love to see that. And I think those were kind of the keys to success was getting that Harris to Ellingson connection going again. So, hopefully, they can build off that game against BC whenever they play next. And then let's go to the next game here. Montreal lost in an absolute thriller to Calgary that literally came down to the final second. Uh, Calgary won this game 28-22. to So our first question is, what are your thoughts on this decision to start a very, very raw rookie Jake Mayer over Canadian quarterback Michael O'Connor? Well... I'd, I'd like to say, sorry, before that game started, or sorry, 10 minutes into the game, I went into our notes and I put, how about that decision to start Meyer o- over O'Connor? And I put a bunch of laughing faces, but by the third quarter, I mean, I was eating my words and that guy, that guy won them the game, you know, he, he, well, Montreal lost that game, but he helped them win. Cause that, yeah, he played great. And uh, showed some real poise in the pocket, and when they let him throw it, he 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 showed that he could. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Like I'm excited to see him play and see where he goes from here. Calgary's on drugs. All of them are on drugs. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Like, are you kidding me? Are you are you kidding me? And like, full respect to Meyer, of course, full respect to Meyer. But like, dude, come on. Give us something. Just put Calgary down there for a little bit. Like <laughs> Calgary is like, like you know, people will say that. Like you know, I would say a casual watcher would say that Saskatchewan is the model franchise, and I would say that anybody that really watches Canadian football would say that Calgary is the model franchise just because of how consistently good they've been. And it's like, just give us one year, man. Like, yeah, give us one year. <laughs> but no, super well done. Amazing work. Yeah, for me, dude looked bad in the first half, especially that first quarter. Like, I was like, how is O'Connor not in when he threw, like, I think he threw two or three interceptions. He almost threw another one. Where He I threw think, two in the first quarter. Yeah, because yeah, one went through DB's hands or whatever, and it's like, oh, man, this guy looks bad. And then you saw O'Connor warming up. I'm like, all right, all right, finally getting in some action from the Canadian, but then he he put a couple drives together and kind of was able to stay in, and then the second half, it's like a switch flipped, and dude looked like a seasoned vet out there, just making plays and throwing absolute dimes to guys, and I I don't know, I still would have liked to have seen Michael O'Connor, but I'm curious which Jake Mayer we see against Winnipeg now that we have tape on him. Are we going to see 
first half, Jake Mayer against that Bombers defense, which is probably the best in the league, or are we going to see second half absolutely murdery defenses, Jake Mayer? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's a good question. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just feel like that's an interesting one. I, I'm not ready to crown him yet, but no, we'll, we'll see what he does against the Bombers. That's my litmus test for him. And then mm -hmm. the obvious question is what went wrong for Montreal? Uh, it's, it's, it comes down to one word, in my opinion, and it's penalties. I, I can't find the numbers exactly in front of me, but they had 20 to 22 penalties for almost 200 yards, and it was always at the worst times. They were getting 15-yard objectionable conducts in the fourth quarter and the third quarter when they were trying to drive on offense and defense, and uh, it, it bit them in the butt at the end of the game because Stanback didn't play bad. Vernon had a good game. The receivers played good. Defense held them to for as long as they can, but it, the penalties killed them. Um, to put in perspective, I, I was able to quickly uh, scroll onto the website. I found the numbers. Oh. Uh, total penalties were 16 for 149 yards as opposed there to 9 is. for 80 yards. Exactly. Like, that's just, you can't win a game that way. Um, yeah. And then for me, I am 100%, or not 100%, but like the penalties were a big factor, but. I think some blame also goes to Vernon Adams, who definitely did not have his best game. He had a completion percentage below fifty percent. Yeah. And I think Ooh. even he would tell you that was not a good game for him. Where you know he really didn't start to come on until honestly the second half in that last drive was peak Vernon Adams. But before that, he really was not doing anything, and. I think that's probably why Montreal lost this game. If we had seen the Vernon Adams we saw in the latter part of the second half of the whole game, Montreal smokes Calgary out of the building. But we didn't. Montreal just wasn't able to put drives together early, and eventually Calgary capitalized. And to be fair, Montreal did start to put it together, but it was too late by that time. Calgary had yeah. already kind of sealed the game. And then that last drive, is that an all-time, you know, CFL moment? Oh, absolutely. The way that ended and, oh, like he caught the ball in the end zone, but the ball was not in the end zone. So oh. it wasn't a touchdown. And like that was the debates that went on for a while until people could clarify the rules and stuff. Yeah, that it was just, yeah, classic CFL moment. Exactly. Like you That's said. crazy. I'm I'm looking at it now. And even right now, I'm like. He caught it, and his feet are in the end zone. So yeah, so like so so that goes against yeah. everything that I know as a CFL yeah. guy. Because it's like you know, the plane. Same. Yeah, you you think about it because it's weird where it's like you know, he's like in my head. I'm always thinking about those plays where it's like they're in like the back part of the end zone, and the ball may be out of play, but they get their feet down. Yeah. So yeah. it's like that's weird because those count. Those don't count as out of bounds. It's like I don't well, know. And that's like if he would have fallen more to the right, like it could have been a touchdown yeah. if he kind of would have caught it and fell out of bounds. That, yeah, like it just, oh, that, he that was, was crazy. If he was a yard deeper into the end zone, man, that's a whole nother. Well, actually, it probably is the same discussion. Well, like, and I, 
to add on to your point you were saying where you kind of said it was Vernon's fault, I heard some stuff that people said that kind of like that throw, you know, like you just said, if he would have thrown it another yard or two deeper, it would have been a touchdown and Montreal wins the game. But uh, Vernon I'm not putting not that on good. Vernon. I'm putting oh, that well, on the receiver that for on, running a deeper route. Uh, I heard that on, I believe, TSN. Some of the commentators were blaming him for the throw. Yeah, I'm not going to blame VA for that. I'm going to blame the receiver because, honestly, oh, you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be running the route. You should be running the route deeper in the end zone. That would be my criticism as a receiver. You should be aware of I don't you think know, the, the situation there, and like, yeah, could he have caught that ball in the end zone? Yes. You know, the answer is yes, but he was just, he was a bit too, uh, he wasn't deep enough in the end zone, I guess. And that was why, you know, they lost and it was a great catch, like no disrespect to no, I'm, I'm Lewis, the, but I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm looking at the replay. The ball gets thrown, and he has to backtrack to get to it. Yeah. Oh, did he? Okay, yep. I might have to reevaluate that then. But still, it's just because he had to come out of the end zone to get it. Yeah, that's but yeah. Yeah, but overall, VA didn't have a great game. I'm sure he'd probably be the first to tell you that, and I think that's a big factor in why this is a Montreal loss and as for an all-time, you know, CFL moment, yes, this absolutely is. So, let's jump into the next game. Uh, the Argos beat Winnipeg at BMO Field, 30-23. to And then, so the obvious question after Winnipeg kind of shut down Toronto the week before is, what went wrong for Winnipeg this week? Well, uh, I think it's well. It's a bit of the same problem from uh, previous games, but not for Winnipeg. Just during the week, but it was they couldn't get the run game going. Like Brady is a great running back, but they just they couldn't get him moving. He only had thirty yards, and uh, that's just going to trouble you. And I don't think Zach had his best game either, so that didn't help. But like the defense held their own. You know, they actually put points on the board. But uh, yeah, they just I just. I don't think their offense clicked as well as they as they should, and uh, it cost them. Um, so I think that I, I agree with what you said, but I'm just going to elaborate a little bit further from what I yeah. think happened. Um, I think that the actually it was the secondary that got exposed that started this whole thing because the, uh, Toronto was able to turn it into a shootout, and then Winnipeg couldn't keep up because they couldn't do. Basically, when Toronto took the early lead, Winnipeg had to start trying to match them quickly. So they weren't able to establish a proper running game. And by the time they tried to do that, it was just too late. So I think that Toronto did a really good job turning the game into just like a th passing shootout, which Winnipeg, I mean, Kaleos is a good quarterback, but I mean, they're just not prepped. That's not their game plan. And anybody who knows anything about Winnipeg will tell you that their game plan is very run centric on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. So I think that um I think that Toronto did a really good job jumping out to an early lead and just forcing Winnipeg to keep up and Winnipeg weren't able to do that. Winnipeg are really good as the aggressors. They're not good when they're put on the back foot. I kind of agree with hmm. all of that. I think you hit it on the Yeah, head. good points, man. Cuz yeah, I, my point too is like you got to establish the run, which cliché statement, I know, but 
especially for a run-centric team like Winnipeg, that's true. And like you said, they kind of had to make Zach make plays, and he just he's been great this year, but he just wasn't able to match what Toronto was bringing. And Zach is good when he gets to pass, not when he needs to pass. That's yes. another thing I'll say. That that excellent point, actually. That's better than I could have phrased it. He, yeah, I just combine that combine that with not being able to run the ball very well, because I think was the biggest factors for Winnipeg in this game. Mm-hmm. I think they'll probably bounce back. They'll figure out how to establish the run and have that pass and attack work more effectively. Michael Shea is a smart coach. So well and like nothing against Brady, but once Andrew comes back, it's a completely different ball game too. Oh, 100%. That is true. That's yeah, like that's he's he's just a different beast, that's all. Yeah, like Oliveira's been good, but Andrew Harris is a monster, so we'll see yeah, what like, happens. He's just, you know, Brady is not the threat that Andrew is through the air and on the ground. So, like, you know, you got to watch out a lot more for Andrew on every aspect of the field where not that he's one dimensional because he's a good running back, but he runs. So it's like, you know, you can plan a lot better than that, whereas Andrew can go for the deep ball and run on short yardage. Part of that is that Oliveira went to an American school and for whatever reason in the States, they like to have a pass it catching running back and like a running running back which yeah it makes no sense to me or anyone else that watches Canadian football but it's like that's just how it is in the states and it's obvious which of those two backs that he was so I do want to see more from him in the receiving game but yeah I think when Andrew Harris gets back the Bombers are going to look a lot better and he probably I'm betting he's probably back for Labor Day or the Banjo Bowl. He's been practicing a lot more recently. He oh. might even be back on like on Sunday. True. I'll have to see what O'Shea does for sure. Oh, he's been posting on social media and stuff. I think he's going to play the next game. Oh, man. And or then, they save him for Labor Day. Yeah. Maybe. The next one, do the Argos look better with Arbuckle? Uh... You know, I I don't want to say yes, but they did. Uh, <laughs> I was Team McLeod Bethel Thompson, but uh, yeah, like I mean, Nick Arbuckle threw for three hundred yards and a touchdown, and he just when he wasn't getting attacked by that Winnipeg defense, he had some good poise and good confidence in there, and uh, yeah, he played really well. I'm gonna say yes with an asterisk because again, you're playing a team in a home and home, and you're playing a team that just beat you in the first half of that home and home. So you're going in there with a ton of things like Winnipeg. I don't think Winnipeg gets sloppy, but Winnipeg doesn't have as much things that they can work on as Toronto would have. Whereas Toronto is seeing everything that went right for Winnipeg and they know how to like counteract that. It's hard to it's hard to judge a team when you beat them the first time because you're just looking at everything that went wrong for them. So I think, yes, they looked better with Arbuckle, but I think the team would have looked better with McLeod Bethel Thompson in the situation anyway. Do they get the win? Maybe not, but I don't think the result is... Like, I don't think the points differential is much different. I still think Toronto wins. For me, I'm going to say yes with a little bit more confidence because, A, when Arbuckle came into the game last week, or not even last week, but, like, the week before against... Winnipeg, he also looked a lot better than MBT, and he looked really good this game as well. He built off that against Winnipeg, so 
I'm going to say yeah, and I think he played himself into the starting job there, so hopefully he builds off that this week. And then, I don't know, the last question, do we want to do that one, or do we want to skip it? I'm alright. I mean, I don't think, I mean, just to bring it up to people listening, it's yeah. if Zach Galeros is slowing down, I don't necessarily think so. It's one bad no. game, I don't think it's worth talking about it. Yeah, exactly. me neither. I don't, I don't yeah. think he's slowing down at all. He still looks good to me. Yeah, one game. Can't be perfect every game, right? Yeah. And then let's go on to, as Derek Taylor predicted, guaranteed win night for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, defeating the Ottawa Red Blacks 23-10. And then let's get into our first point here. Why the slow start for Saskatchewan? Uh, I think just Winnipeg, or sorry, not Winnipeg. Uh, <laughs> Ottawa. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just confusion there. Yeah, but no, uh, like I don't think Ottawa's defense is that bad, honestly. Like they have Avery Williams, Don Unamba, Perno, Micah Alway, friend of the show. Uh, yeah, they're just like their defense isn't the worst, I, but they can only keep up for so long when their offense, you know, puts three points up in a half and then seven the second half. So you can only do so much with that. Yeah, I'm looking at the box score because I want to see what happened here. Like, it's just, uh, I feel so bad for Matt Nichols. Like, he goes 19 for 24, <laughs> almost an 80%. Like, 176 isn't great. No touchdowns to one pick is not great, but a long of 42, like, not a terrible thing, but like, ah. Uh, Better than 70 yards the week before. Yeah, I know. just, uh, I feel so bad for him because, <laughs> like, I know, I, I will say this. I think he's having a poor start to the year, and I personally believe so much that he can do better. My personal um, opinion is if I showed you all the quarterbacks that have played in week one without any context and you had no knowledge of the CFL, and said, guess which of these guys has a shoulder injury? You wouldn't say Michael Riley. You would say Matt Nichols because he was bad week one. That's and fair, but I mean, but he was there were better that this he week. He also had an injury, still. though, wasn't there? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's got so still, armor yeah like, well, there was rumors, but there was nothing the official, the, right? No, yeah, but I but, thought I thought there was still stuff lingering from like when he left originally. Well, like if there was, there was yeah. nothing on the injury report, and yeah, he did not, not look good. Well, I mean, let's be real. Do you like who do you want to risk starting? Do you want to have Don Davis, a guy who you know is not going to perform, or do you want to have Matt Nichols, a guy who can at least like he's shown that he can lead a team to a very positive record? Yeah, because like I I stand by the fact that I believe Matt Nichols would have done the job Caleros did and won the cup in that year. I think that he would have done it, but well, uh, and, like, I, I don't think so. But that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, but the you know it's. Like it's they're doing a lot of it's a brand new, you know, brand new quarterback. I know he's been with uh Paul at police before, but you got a brand new running back, new uh wide receivers you're getting to know and stuff. Like there's just there's a lot more factors for him this year and it's I don't think it's all his fault. Like they're just they haven't gelled yet. Yeah. For me, mm. um I don't know. And then this is supposed to be about why SAS started slow. I know we're dumping into auto a little bit too early here. Oh true, yeah. So <laughs> I just love that. It's like we're supposed to discuss is Saskatchewan what's wrong with Saskatchewan? We're we're just I don't, know if there, is, I don't know if there is something wrong with Saskatchewan. Like a team's gonna have a slow start. 
Like, that's the thing. Yeah. I think the reason was they did not get the running game started at all. Like, I think William Powell only had 20 yards on the ground. Like, that's yeah, he did. a whole two yard to carry. His longest run was five. That's a yikes, man. Like, I don't know if age is catching up with him or Ottawa's defense or what it was. But it's man. Ottawa's defense. Like, they're, they're not that bad. Go on to well, the let's next question. jump into this next question. Yeah, I was about to say, is uh, Ottawa's. Ottawa's is Ottawa's defense legit this year? Yes. Like, that's their defense. Like, they've had that kind of same core for a while there now. And I don't think they're that bad. Like, the, but like I said, they can only keep up for so long. Like, if you think of the games, like the first half the Riders have had so far this season, they held us to nine points and a half. Like, that, that's really good for the first half. And that, that gave their offense a chance to do something. But... You know, Timothy Flatters could only get 35 yards all game, and then I, th- I believe he got injured too. So, um, but yeah, like their defense, I think, is really good. It's just they can only keep up so long, and when their offense keeps going two and out, two and out, two and out, two and out, they're tired, and they can only yeah. keep up for so long. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's unfortunate, and like it's it's tough because I think that this Ottawa team. I think that they could make the playoffs in the East Division in the past four years, but probably not this year. It's a shame because, like, you know, the East was so weak that I feel like this Ottawa probably could have made the playoffs, like, if they start gelling. But I think even even just, like, week three, with how, like, surprisingly strong the East looks, they're going to have to turn it around basically next week and onwards in order to really be competitive. Unless Hamilton keeps up this losing. True, I guess. Because right now they're in third place. Like, Ottawa's in third. True, but do we have the crossover this year or not? You know, with Calgary, really, or BC, kind of. Ooh, it's yeah. It's iffy, you know? That's true. And then, Ottawa's defense, for me, their defense is in the uh, upper echelon of the league, in my opinion, but that offense is, like, a tier below the entire league. Like, it's an XFL, you know, offense, not a CFL one for me. Like, you have some pieces, like RJ Harris, you know, is a really good receiver on any CFL team, but, you know, besides him, what is there in Ottawa that you would kind of take for any other team on that offense, you know? Like, would I take Matt Nichols over over Cody Fajardo? Hell no. You know, would I take their running back, Timothy Flanders, over William Powell? Probably not, you know? They're, I don't know. They're, the rest of that team doesn't seem very good. Mm-hmm. And then let's jump into our last question. Uh, is Jonathan Woodard the real deal, as we've been jokingly calling him, Dollarama Willie Jefferson? <laughs> well, I was just going to actually say, it's it's really weird to say that Willie Jefferson's not even the, in the top 10 for sacks right now. Ooh, is, like, there, a, is there a site for that? Can I see that? CFL.ca, uh, yeah, go to stats. Yeah. So it's just, oh, John, okay. Jonathan Woodard has first place with five, Jeff Coates second with three, also with AC Leonard with three. Also from the Riders, uh, Garrett Marino with three. And then there's Jake Sursa for Edmonton, and it keeps going on and on. But uh, 
yeah, I think Woodard with, you know, he's an NFL guy, uh, just kind of didn't work out there. And now he's playing here, try to get back down there. So yeah, he is playing good. I'm, I'm happy he's on my team. I think he is the real deal for sure. Um, let me just say, I am a little bit mind blown. I, I went a little bit further in the stats and, you know, a good friend of the show is Jackson Jeffco. He leads the league with four forced fumbles. Second place is like a, a nine way tie with one. <laughs> that says like, something. Yeah, that's that man wild. is tough. Um, anyway, back to Saskatchewan. Um, what, like three games in, five sacks? That's a ridiculous stat. Dude, only like played two games, actually. He didn't play Dude, week one. He didn't play really? Yep. He didn't play week oh, one. He wasn't even on the roster. He's on the practice roster. Like, I, I'm sure, like, if, if anybody who doesn't watch football is watching, is listening to this uh, podcast, first of all, how did you get here? And second of all, <laughs> getting one sack a game is a wild stat. Hold, I got to correct Mike here, though. He did play week one. I he swear he didn't. Like, go I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the Riders' website right now. He had one defensive tackle week Pull one. Pull up the depth eight. chart. I swear he didn't play week one. I'll pull something up here. I swear they pulled him off the practice roster that week. When was that? I'm actually going to look. Uh, Let me see. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Wait, what game is this? Oh, August 6th. Yeah, versus the Lions. Yeah, okay. Uh, Correction, he was on the roster for that week. I don't know why. I only thought he played two games, but... But, I mean, yeah, he was like a depth guy. He was a depth guy in that first week, and then second week he got some work in and had the three sack and uh, one force fumble, which arguably could have been defensive player of the week there, but we gave it to Nichols of Winnipeg. So, yeah, he's been. I think he's the real deal, man. Like, if you would have asked me who who of the new guys was gonna be the best D end, I would have said Anthony Lanier because in the NFL, he was actually somewhat productive and he's got that Willie Jefferson size, but he's still chilling on the practice roster and Woodard is absolutely murdering dudes. So you love to see it, man. And then let's jump into our power rankings. Um, for obvious reasons, Saskatchewan has moved to number one in my power rankings, and I don't want to hear any smoke about all oh, two of you are Ryder fans, blah, 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 because we had Winnipeg as number one for the last two weeks. So I don't want hey, to hear any of that. I had Winnipeg as number one, and I, I had Winnipeg as number one, and I was a Bomber fan. I don't have them there anymore. It's, it's just, it's, it's logical. Yep. Toronto to number two. Man, that feels weird uh, just from our prediction show. That just feels weird. Winnipeg number three. Montreal number four. Uh, BC five. Calgary sixth. Edmonton seventh. Ottawa eighth. And Hamilton, the only team without a win this year, is in the basement. Yeah, no, I mean, we're all, you know, we're all sitting pretty close on the on the same ideas here. Yeah, like I got Sask number one, on most, uh, the only undefeated team in the league. Then we got uh, Toronto two, Winnipeg three, and that's just because Toronto beat them last week. And yeah, uh, yeah. Montreal at uh, four, BC five, Edmonton six, Calgary seven, 
Ottawa seventh, and yeah, Hamilton eighth because they are the dumpster fire of the league right now. Hamilton nine. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I meant. Sorry, I can't um, do math. Apparently, it's okay. Um, <laughs> so I've got I've got Saskin first. Um, I enjoyed when the Bombers were in first in the in it. So I'm gonna let y'all enjoy when Sask rightfully deserves to be number one in it. <laughs> um, I do have Winnipeg in second though, just because I feel like again. Toronto mainly won because it's a back half of a home and home. Like, you know. Um, I do have Toronto in third. I have Montreal in fourth, BC in fifth, Calgary in sixth. I have Ottawa in seventh. I still think that they're better than Edmonton because they beat Edmonton. But I have Edmonton in eighth and Hamilton now in ninth. That's definitely fair. And then let's move on to our CFL fantasy. So I would as we were going through power rankings, I was scrambling to get rid of all the elk and argos that were in here, and I apologize if I miss any. So we're gonna go uh, at quarterback. Your options are basically this week: Michael Riley and Jake Mayer. I think are the only viable options this week. Are you guys picking anybody else? Yeah, man, I got uh, Dane Evans as my quarterback this week against Montreal. Really? They're, you know, oh. well, their front seven's not bad, but uh, those DBs can get lit up sometimes. So maybe this is the click that Hamilton needs, and they'll start rolling. That's that's I'm betting on it this week. <laughs> I don't like the concept of putting Meyer against the angry. Is it Mayer or Meyer? I think, uh, it's, Meyer. I think it's Mayer, isn't it? Oh, They're there saying we go. Jake maybe Mayer. It's May- then it's Jake Mayer. We'll go with that. Okay. So I don't like the idea of having Mayer as the uh, as your quarterback right now against an angry Winnipeg. Like yeah. I, I don't think that's smart. I get that it's a value pick at quarterback, and that's really valuable sometimes. But I would more surefire bet. I am going with Mike Riley, and it's or Michael Riley, and it's funny how I'm talking about surefire bets, and I pick the BC quarterback. So we're just gonna move along <laughs> from that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm picking Michael Riley this week. So if work suddenly shows up and starts playing, I'm not going to be a happy camper, man. <laughs> right, yeah. But, just keep an eye. Yeah, just keep an eye, and hopefully there's no last-second changes this week and BC does something stupid again. But We'll see. And then the running backs. You only really have two viable options this week, uh, in my opinion. You got William Standback at Seven thousand seven hundred and fifty-five dollars, and Kadeem Carey at six thousand four hundred and twenty-nine dollars. What do you guys think of yeah. that? Like, are those? No, I. I, well, I was just gonna say that's. I think that's all you can do this week, unless they announce Andrew Harris is gonna play. Uh yeah, just Kadeem Carey and William Stanback seems to be the combo this week. Yeah, no, I mean, with running backs, let me see who I've got. I'm just pulling up my uh, my running backs. I'm actually going, I, I, I'm i probably going to have to change this now that I'm looking at it. Um, I have both Calgary guys in, actually. Uh, let me, uh, let me Interesting. see here. I've got Kadeem Carey and uh, Milanovic Litre, but I'm going to have to take one out, probably, because I don't think they're both going to have good games, <laughs> yeah. actually. I want to um, take that Litre guy out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just tough because you know I have I had Wilder in and it was like a perfect fit for the team, and then COVID and they postponed the game. Yeah, yep. but yeah, that's uh, I do have Kadeem Carey though. I'm gonna stick with him. As for the other running backs, you could really consider picking this week. Sean Thomas Erlington. I want to see 
one more game with him, uh, with Dane in there to see if maybe he starts to produce Shaq Cooper. I think he'll be better this week, but again, I want to see it. And as for Ottawa's running back, Timothy Flanders, and I don't know uh, with him because he was not doing well against the Riders, and then they kind of put Devontae Dedman in at running back, and he started playing well. So, you know, what happens next week, I'm not sure. So I'm going to just avoid that situation altogether. Well, hold on. Let's just. I was gonna say too. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Timothy Flanders didn't practice on today. Oh, mm. okay. That's interesting so, development. Yeah, he didn't actually. He didn't practice Tuesday or Wednesday with a hip oh. injury. So yeah, he might not even be going this week. All there right. we go. I found. I found my replacement. I'm taking Chris Rainey. Oh, that, oh, oh that's a good pick. Yeah. No, Return that yards. is not the move. Do not go for return yards. That is that is a mistake, my guy. I just I'm looking I'm looking at I don't want to do a whole overhaul. I'm just too lazy. I'm just well, looking for somebody. We'll who go, we'll go off air and I'll I'll do a makeup of your lineup later. Okay, 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 cool, cool, cool. And then for wide receiver, I've got Lucky Whitehead at seven thousand nine dollars. Teddy Lawler at six thousand five hundred ninety seven dollars. Jake Weineke at $6,554. Lamar Durant at $6,076. I've got BJ Cunningham at $5,870. And Josh Hupp at $4,690. So is there anyone there that I missed? Yes. Oh, who? And his, his name is Rashid Bailey. For the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Bailey. so he he may not be getting the yards like uh, week one. Some touchdowns. Yeah, well, here's yeah, here's the thing. So week two, four catches, fifty-seven yards, and a touchdown. So he gets fifteen points. And then last week, four catches, thirty yards, and a touchdown, thirteen points. So he's not a bad pick for under four grand to have. I guess, but for me, like, I'm got, not chasing touchdowns because for ah, touchdowns, well. you you know. They're they're fickle. You want to get guys who get yards. And for me, my three receivers are Lamar Durant, Josh Huff, and BJ Cunningham because I was going to go with Shaq Cooper, but I like BJ Cunningham having that nice low floor. Or I guess Mm. a high floor, sorry. But the other receivers, when Mike O'Reilly plays, Lamar Durant gets a crap ton of targets. So he's a nice option if you're looking for guy in the 6,000 range, and Josh Huff seemed to have a lot of chemistry with Jake Mayer, so he's a guy that I would look at as a nice option there if you want to go for a cheaper receiver. So, those are my guys, but yeah, I don't know, I would I don't chase touchdowns. Winicky had a good enough week yards-wise that, okay, you can go and play him because He's a guy that normally makes his money off touchdowns, but he also got a crap ton of yards and, you know, had a lot of chemistry with VA, especially early in that game. So, yeah, he's a guy that I would look to again. And then for defense special teams, I just have the Winnipeg defense at 4,700 because, well, it's a rookie quarterback, right? So, you know, you got to... 
I think if you're gonna pick a defense, you gotta pick Winnipeg's. But well, what do I, you guys I, think? I, I was gonna say uh, maybe if you're pick, if you want a cheaper defense, go for Montreal's. Hamilton's got the weak uh, the weak O line right now. You know they got Dane Evans in there. Not saying he's bad, but they're just kind of starting over. Let's say so. This yeah might be the time. Uh, might be a good good week for them. Sorry, that could be an interesting one because yeah, Dane Evans is good for about a turnover a game, so that could be a decent option. But yeah, I don't know. Thirty two hundred, definitely. You know, uh. Low risk, high reward situation there. And then for value picks, there is not a lot this week. They are really cheap. They're really making it hard to go and find those cheap guys. What so, do we? What do we classify it as? Thirty-five hundred and under. Hmm. Okay, my, I actually have a pick of mine that's under. Uh, that's oh. Under that. All right, uh, I... and it's uh, it's a it's a bit of a novelty, but uh, I'm going with a defense, and it's not Winnipeg's this time. I'm going with Montreal's. Defense. Oh, you're oh, also you going with Montreal. All right, thirty-two hundo. Yeah, nice. That's interesting. I just have Ryan Davis listed for Ottawa because, aside from R.J. Harris, he's their second best receiver. So, if you really are stuck and you need a you know a low cost. Lex option, he might be the move for you there. And then let's get into yeah. our locks this week. Uh, I'm going back to William Stanback because in William Stanback, I trust. He's an absolute beast. So for me, yeah, it's just if you gotta... He's the guy at running back this year so far, so you can't not pick him. Yeah, that that was going to be my lock, so I picked my other running back, Kadeem Carey, who uh yeah, he had 18 points last last game through the uh, on the ground and then he had another four on the in through the air. So, uh yeah, I think he could have a good game this week. Uh you know, they're playing in Winnipeg, so if the quarterback starts not playing well, uh, they're going to they're going to run the ball. So, uh or they're going to pass it off slowly to him. So, I think uh yeah, he could have a good game. For sure. Uh I don't think he's going to have a uh, the same game he had last week, just because it's the Winnipeg defense, so I don't think he's going to have as many rushing yards, but I still think that's a good thing. No, but it, I think just it's, if nothing's going right for them, the only thing that will will be a bit of the ground game. Ground game, sorry. Um, I'm going with Michael Riley for my lock, because I believe that he's a little bit of a riskier pick, especially with the way that BC likes to play. But I think when when Riley gets going, I've I've noticed he's got like he's got a really high ceiling. And personally, I just feel like I'm I want to start playing a little bit more risky on my fantasy. So that's what I'm going with. It nice. makes sense. You got to separate yourself from the pack somehow. So yeah, good move there. I also have Michael Riley as my quarterback just because. He he's looked pretty good against every team, even that really good Saskatchewan defense. He played well, so against Auto has also got a good defense. I think he'll be just fine. And <clears throat> let's do our pick 'em. Oh, Carter. Um. Okay. Oh, I gotta do that. I guess I'll, I'll figure it out. It's okay. You're eight and four. You're good. Uh, yeah. I'm the only one below five hundred. So. 
Hey, you're doing better than like I think you're like on par with the best CFL analyst though. Yeah, so, like, I'll take I'll take it. <laughs> I, I, as long as I'm doing well against the CFL boys, I'm doing all right. That's awesome. So for me, I've got the art. Well, we well, have no, this don't. assuming <laughs> the Argos were playing. So I had Toronto, but we're, I guess we're gonna ignore that first one. I've got Montreal beating Hamilton just because Hamilton is winless, and I don't think Dane Evans moves the needle enough for them. And Montreal's coming off a game where they are motivated to win this week, so they're they're probably getting the dub. And then BC against Ottawa. Oh, I, I'm seeing BC just because I think they're the better team. That offense is still a dumpster fire in Ottawa, but. BC can kind of play more both ways, so I think they'll win that game. And then Calgary versus Winnipeg. I think that defense uh, kind of locks up Jake Mayer now that they got him on tape. And yeah, so I got the Bombers winning that one. Yeah, no, uh, I had Toronto if they played. Haha. Um, I'm picking Montreal to beat Hamilton. It's in it's in Montreal, and yeah, Hamilton's winless, so I think Montreal pulls it off. Uh, I got Ottawa beating BC. I think just BC going across the country isn't going to have a good effect on them this week. And uh, Ottawa pulls off the win. And uh, yeah, they'll get the nice win. And then I have, yeah. And then uh, I think Winnipeg and, or sorry, Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to run all over Calgary. And uh, the only good thing will be Calgary's run game. But uh, yeah, Winnipeg wins that game. Um, I think that this week is going to go exactly how majority of people think it's going to go. I don't see a lot of upsets, so I've got Montreal, BC, and Winnipeg taking the games. I'm just saying, man, if Ottawa wins, Taylor looks like an absolute genius because he's probably the only person in all of the CFL predictions people that's picking Ottawa. So. Oh, I'm going to look like a genius then because they're going to win. Yep. Oh, I don't <laughs> think so, but we'll see. Hey. Hey, I get it though. You got the game is the game. Sometimes you got to take a stab there to try and again differentiate yourself from the pack, kind of like right. go full circle. I gotta catch up to you, Carter. There, you're eight and four. Yeah, hey, you're only one. You're one game back. So if if that game's actually going to decide if we're tied going into next week or not. Yeah. Well, yeah, we agree on the other ones. So. Yeah. Yep. Speaking cool. of, you know, Labor Day weekend, we we are going to have an announcement about that later on. So. We'll move on to game time cues. Skipping Edmonton and Toronto, because that's not happening. Uh, Hamilton versus Montreal. If Hamilton loses again, what type of changes are coming? Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I really don't know. Uh, They already brought back, I forgot to mention this, they re-signed David Watford. Like, this week, so, like, yeah, so who knows what's going on there right now, but... (laughs) In my opinion, they don't have a run game. Like, Sean Thomas Erlington's not the worst, but they don't have an established run game. So if anything changes, they need to bring somebody in that can give them a run game. Because they're not going to fire Steinhauer or any of the coaches. I mean, they got uh, Don Jackson. He's been hurt, so. Yeah, but he's, even in Calgary, he wasn't the guy. True. Oh, I'll I'll say that on record. All they got all Malik Irons there though. Don't sleep on him. He was decent uh, before. But he where got is hurt he in twenty nineteen? He's their backup running back at the moment. Then why are they not using him? Like that's what I'm saying. Like you know, they're they just don't seem like they're 
they're going the right way with their running back. So I think they'd have to bring somebody in. It just doesn't seem to click there right now. Yeah. Just, uh, if, oh no, just relocate the team, put them in Quebec. I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, that's, yeah, exactly. What do you do? Uh, well, know. I'll <laughs> get the next one there. Yeah, let's hit the next one. Uh, BC versus Ottawa. Which team bounces back this week? It's Ottawa all day. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try to maybe put money on it. We'll see. Oh, It'll be good odds for me. Hey, hey, that would be. <laughs> hey, honestly, honestly, if there's a game that I would bet on right now, it would like just like in terms of like small pay in for big payout. I I would say go Ottawa. Yeah, of course. Yeah. For like, me, I like the sure things when I bet. So. <laughs> I, I like I like the props more because the betting uh, the people who set the odds are American and don't necessarily follow the CFLs closely. That's so. what's great about that, it. Exactly, that's what's great about it. There's a lot of money to be made there if you if you really are hardcore and you know what you're talking about. Which I I made money last week on the Geno Lewis bet I made that he would get over 45 yards, and sure enough, he did. So nice. Yep. See what happens when we actually know who's playing. We act, we make yeah. money, you know, and yeah, right. Yeah, thanks, BC. And then, uh, for me, yeah, BC bounces back this week. I think they they're building momentum. Michael Riley, I think, is probably a hundred, almost a hundred percent the starter. So I think they're gonna build on that. I think this is where the BC secondary clicks. Ooh. Like, yeah, they got some playmakers back there. Like they got uh, Marcus Sales. Sales, yeah, I really like yeah. him. I thought it was a weird decision to put him at safety, but it's paying apparently, off. Apparently, um, apparently Michael Riley heavily pursued getting Sales on BC. Oh, I heard about that. Didn't yeah, he was calling him, him in a game. <laughs> yeah, you love to see that though when like other players are calling dudes as free agents. Be like, yo, come to my team, bro. Oh yeah. Like, that's dope. It's better, it's better than calling someone as like as a friend. Don't come here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no doubt. Hey. I, I feel like maybe some red blacks people probably did that with their receiving buddies. <laughs> but yeah, for me, uh, it's definitely BC without a doubt. And then let's jump to Calgary versus Winnipeg. Does Winnipeg bounce back, or does Mayor pick up where he left off against Montreal? Uh, Winnipeg gets the dub. It's it's at it's in Winnipeg. That crowd's gonna be loud. You know, it's after a loss. Winnipeg's not gonna lose two in a row. So Calgary takes the loss that week for sure. Yeah, the only the only way Winnipeg drops two in a row is basically if they lose going into. Well, I guess ooh, scary thing because let let the history show. If they drop this game, they're probably dropping three in a row because what next game is Labor Day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's just usually what happens. I hate to say it, but that's just usually what happens. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think Winnipeg drops this one. I feel like they know that they're going to be going into a tough home and home with Saskatchewan. So I feel like they're going to have to bring the fire. For me, I'm hundred percent with you. I think it's Winnipeg just after they got embarrassed in front of a total a grand total of 9,000 people at Bebo, or a little over 9,000 people. <laughs> hey, is so James, sad. James was there, though. Yeah, we're gonna... Uh, James was actually there. Let's talk about that a little bit. His feedback, yeah. I believe, was that it was a really great game experience, but 
it was super overpriced, which sounds about right with what I've heard about BMO. Well, and the problem he's repeatedly said to us too is there's like the tra- like there's no parking down there, so you have to take transit to get there. But there's no transit spots close to there, so you still have to walk and. Yeah, just doesn't seem like a good setup there. But yeah, yeah MLSE has to figure something out there. Sure, but they, yeah, you know, they fill up for our, the soccer games though. So it's, I, th- yeah. I think part of it's an Argo sure. problem. Well, I mean, yeah, I or think like maybe a Toronto problem. Like they don't, you know, do you spend your money on the Jays, the Leafs, uh, the MLSE team, the Raptors, or the Argos? You know? Yeah, yep. exactly. Like, and you're spending your money on all those other teams before you think of an Argos game. Well, I mean, you should be thinking of an Argos game before MLSE, but for whatever reason, that's just not happening. Um, for me, I don't know how you fix Toronto at this point. I think you have to move them out to the suburbs somewhere, like Mississauga or something, but... Yeah, I think the transit's a problem. Uh, I think they flirted with moving them back to Varsity Stadium, because the transit's a little bit better and they played there before, but... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I listened to James's feedback. Yeah, I think probably price is probably the big issue. They're probably, probably, uh, I don't want to say overselling, but overpricing themselves or pricing themselves out of the market because I think I heard the most cheap ticket that you can get is like eighty dollars or fifty dollars or something like that. Like that's ridiculous. Like even at a Riders game, really? You get, yeah, you get into Pill Country at a Rider game for like half of that, you know? It's like, yeah, well, it's like 40 bucks for Pill Place, but that's even still like 50 bucks for an Argos game for a like not close seat. That's not good. That's ridiculous. Like, like here, I, pay, I pay like 90 bucks for uh, like, you know, 10 rows up from the Rider bench. Like, I'll say like um, that I believe. Uh, the cheapest tickets for the bombers. It was like it was like standing room with like a hot dog and a soda. It was like <laughs> a game pass thing. It was like twenty five bucks a game. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like yeah, for standing, like for like no, you know, entrance and uh and some food and a drink. Like that's not yeah, bad. That's a good deal actually. If, if you're if you're cool with standing yeah. for that long, go for it, dude. That's a great deal. You get you get food and a drink with that. Hell yeah. yeah. The one time Toronto gets fans in their building is whenever the X is on. I've always noticed that whenever they play a BMO and the X's go on, they get lots of people in there. So, yeah, I don't know. They, well, it's got to be something with transit or the price because when the well, tickets are cheaper or free with the X, people are showing up. It's just, well, yeah. Hold on, though. I think your ticket information's incorrect because I'm looking on Ticketmaster right now for the September 10th game, and there's tickets for 30 bucks. Oh, okay, they probably changed it, because the information I had is a couple years old, so maybe they have oh, yeah. lowered prices. Yeah, it's but like, yeah, it's... Still, James even... is saying it's overpriced, and I I believe James, you know, because he's from Berta, but he he plays out in Toronto, so it's not like he's a prairie boy that doesn't know things are more expensive out east. It's like, no, he knows, huh. and he still thinks it's overpriced. So I'm looking so right. like row five on the what is this the like the forty or the fifty yard line? It's eighty bucks, seventy seven bucks, including fees and taxes. It's not even that bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, that's still like 
you know, like if you're going to go spend 80 bucks on a ticket, you're going to go see the Jays play or you're going to go see the Argos. Most Toronto uh, or Torontonians are going to go see the Blue Jays, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. I, I just, I don't know how you fix Toronto at this point other than yeah. moving well, them to We could have an episode stadium. on that. Yeah. Honestly, we could. That could be one of our off-season ones is how to fix low attendance. But, you should just go to the Sky Dome again. That was fun. Yeah, that was a nice stadium, <laughs> but I guess the Sky Dome and the Blue Jays didn't like them in there, so they kind oh, of punted no. them out. But yeah. For them, I don't know. I think you either move to Varsity or move to the uh, Burbs somewhere. But, yeah. Let's jump to... Oh, yeah, we talked about that. So let's jump into our COVID activities, I guess. So my COVID activity, I saw Free Guy on Saturday. Great movie, a hundred percent. Oh, I it love is that good? movie. Yes, it's super good. A hundred percent, go excited. watch it. Like there, it's one of those things I was nervous about. Is when you watch these internet movies, sometimes they're super cringe with super outdated jokes or yeah, right memes, right? And but yeah, I didn't have that. Like they had a bunch of relevant stuff. They had like relevant streamers in there as cameos, which. I thought it was really cool, and I mean, they had some solid names in there. Like, you have Ninja, who even even normal non-internet people know who Ninja is. I was gonna say, know? I know who Ninja is, and I don't yeah. watch streamers. Like, I, I don't play. I don't play Fortnite. I guess he's like, he's venturing off into other games. I guess now, but like, I don't play Fortnite. I know who Ninja is. You know, Pokemon's in there. Jacksepticeye. I know Laser Beam from the Mr. Beast gaming crew is in there. So. What about Tim the Tapman? That's the only other guy I know. I do not know him, but he oh, cameos really? in there. Props. Um, he funny. is he is a larger man. He is bald. Oh, yes. okay. But yeah, if you if you're worried about that as an internet person, don't like this is a super good movie. I really like that they kind of made it like this is the closest thing we'd ever get to a Grand Theft Auto movie. Like, oh, okay, if cool. You could, that's how I would describe it, is it's like how you imagine Grand Theft Auto, but from the perspective of an NPC that's actually capable of machine learning, and he thinks he's like an actual person. It's kind of sick. And it's Ryan Reynolds, so you know it's going to be funny. Yeah. Uh, well, my COVID activities have just uh, been being back to work. Uh and I uh, got my wisdom teeth out just over a week ago, so I'm eating solid foods again, which is really nice. nice. And nice. Have you guys had your wisdom teeth out before? Luckily, nope. no. Hey, well, I'll tell you if it ever happens, this is what you need to do. Drink two liters of pineapple juice the day before, and the swelling, it's, an anti, or it's a natural anti-inflammatory, so the swelling and pain, it subsided like one to two days. Like It, it helped so much, so just keep that in mind. And... Uh, mm-hmm. Just gonna say, and one more COVID activity. Uh, my son just started football, so I've been uh, watching him play football. So shout out to Liam, and uh, yeah, hoping that kid's gonna be a football star. Nice. Uh, so for my COVID activity, I've just been I've been getting more into watching TV than I've kind of ever been, really. Uh, so for me, I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The final season's going to be starting soon, if it's not already going up. And I am on season seven, which is the second last season. So I am currently just going through that, uh, probably just a couple episodes every night to try and catch up. 
Jake Peralta, what a police officer. Oh, man, he's the GOAT. He's the <laughs> I know my GOAT. little cousin loves that show, so I might have it, to go it's and watch It's pretty that. good. It's, 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 like if, it's like The Office, but not like it didn't rely on cringe comedy. Yeah, oh, okay, that funny. could actually be interesting then, because I'm still working my way through Lucifer. It, I'm on season four, and you were 100% right about that show. That show's awesome. This is a uh, this is a good palate cleanser if you're looking for something more lighthearted, but still also not like just like simple comedy. Like there's like yeah. good characters in this. No, I totally forgot. I I've been watching What If. Have you guys watched What If yet? I've watched. Is Marvel there is the third episode out yet? Because if yeah, so, I haven't seen. Today. I haven't seen that yet. No, I, I haven't seen you. it, it because so I good. don't know if it ties into like the movies and what they're doing and stuff. I'm waiting it for does. Hawkeye to come back. Oh, it is. It, okay. Like they've they've said that this is going to be canon. So yeah, you and should then, watch. Did they like, tie in like the actual actors to do the voices, or is it other? Um, some of them. Some like, of them. Like uh, like Robert Downey Jr. isn't Iron Man, but like Thor is still voiced by Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah, sick! Like, like they got. Uh, so this episode was, um, what if the Avengers died before the Avengers Initiative? Oh, and yeah. So they they have Nick Fury, like they have Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. but they don't have Scarlett Johansson because of her probably. Oh yeah, thing, the but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they had a uh, who else? Like, uh, what's his name? The guy that plays the Hulk. He played the actual oh, yeah. voice. They had Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they had Agent Coulson in there. He played his actual voice, I believe. Yeah, Hawkeye was there for his I'm sure, voice. I'm sure yeah. they offered everybody the actual roles, and, and then uh, they only looked except, for new except ScarJo. Because of her loss, nope. yeah. probably. And a, Dave Batista also said that he was not asked. It was a big oh, yeah. thing on the internet for a couple weeks. That I uh, like I him. Kinda, that sucks. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it, and like I saw a, a theory on YouTube. I may have told you guys about this, but it was like, what happens if in Endgame the other half got snapped away? Yeah. Oh. And so it was like, who sacrifices themselves for the Soul Stone? And it's like, well, which character? their entire character arc revolves them dying in like a heroic way it's gotta be iron man right no no oh he would be part of the snap would have been snapped away oh crap right so it's star lord or black panther so who who's gotta go whose entire like premise was to die in order to reunite himself with his wife and daughter it was drax oh yeah you're right so yeah. it made so it just made it made too much sense in like in that sort of universe for Drax to be the one who dies. It would have been funny if for somehow it worked out when Drax gets the glove on, he goes, "And I'm Iron Man," and everyone's like, <laughs> "What?" And then he does the snap. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> that that's actually funny. really funny. That's Drax pretty, moment. That's yeah. Funny. yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, but. I don't know. I- I'll have to That's get it. into what if, I guess. And yeah, that, oh, yeah. it's and, really and it's, good. The animation style, I love it. Oh, it's so crisp. And it, yeah, it looks so nice. I still miss the Netflix shows. Like, I'm still hoping they bring some of those back. Like, I really want The Punisher to come back. That oh, was, like, my yeah. favorite show. That ain't gonna happen. But uh, sad. The Daredevil Charlie Cox might be in the Spider-Man movie as Tom Holland's lawyer, so we'll see. Oh, okay, that'd be cool. 
Yeah, there's rumors going on. We just haven't seen confirmation yet. Wasn't there like a rumor that like Toby Maguire was coming back as Spider Man? What, what is what? What do you mean? Wasn't there a rumor? That's like the biggest thing the internet's been talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, like, like everybody wants that to happen. Like I want I that got, to happen. That's my Spider Man. Like, you know, I got blurry pictures on my phone from the internet where people say that's Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire on set and stuff. Yeah, like it's. Oh my oh, god, that'd be sick. Yeah, well, we got like 117 days to go, so. Well, they're messing with the multiverse, so 100% we can see those other Spider-Man. That'd be super cool. Yeah, really excited. Yeah, and I think that's going to wrap up the show. I guess we can talk about the rest of that off-air. So you can find us again on our socials at TrueNorthCFPod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at True North CFL Podcast. And Taylor, you started up a TikTok for us. So oh, I don't I use did. TikTok. I don't use TikTok at all. So I'm just leaving all of that to you. What is our TikTok? Well, I should probably go look. We're <laughs> it's like true true North CFL podcast or something. I haven't all been right. on there in a minute. Let, uh, let's change that to true North CF pod so I can just say it with the other oh, ones. Oh not yeah, sorry, not CF or CFL. Wonder. All good. I can't find the account, but we're on we're yeah, on we're on TikTok, TikTok somewhere. We'll we'll yeah, smooth we'll, that out for next up. week. Go and find us. True <laughs> North And then well you can also listen to this episode on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Uh, for the True North CF Podcast, I have been Jimmy Leach, and we are signing off.